Today, I am joined by my friend Liv, who started the business Cellar Door Plants while she was working her full-time job and scaled it to a seven-figure company. She talks all about how she started this with just an idea of dropshipping pots on an e-commerce store to now having a full-blown online business that she actually just exited. So she talks all about going into business with her partner, all about the trials and tribulations of having an e-commerce store, and really what she's learned along the way. Her story is very inspiring, especially to anyone who may be working a full-time job and is interested in starting a side hustle, starting a business, or starting a dropshipping store, or an e-commerce store in general. So you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. She also dives into a little bit of her spiritual journey and how mindset is the most important part in growing a company to seven figures. So make sure you guys leave a review if you enjoy this episode, and I can't wait for you to listen. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the show, Liv. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So, so grateful that you're here, and I would love for you to tell the audience all about who you are, and P.S., everyone, Liv is one of my really good friends, so I'm so excited to have her on the show today. I'm super excited to be here. When you told me about it, I was like, oh, my first podcast, but um, I, my name is Liv. I am 20, I'm now 26 years old. I... When I got out of college, I had a job in management consulting, and I quickly realized, like Julia, that that career path of like the corporate world was not for me. It was just, I could not see myself being there for five, 10, 15 years. And so as a side gig, I started a business with my boyfriend. We're now actually getting married. And we called it Cellar Plants, and it was an online houseplant store, and it was an e-commerce business. And... We would just spend a couple of hours every day on that business while we were working our full-time jobs, and we eventually built it to a seven-figure business, and I learned literally so much along the way about like myself and business, and so, and as of today, it's been sold. We sold it a couple of weeks ago, and so um, a lot of my journey has been like spiritual journey, my self journey, business journey has been through that business. And I'm really excited to dive into it. And it's actually how I met you, Julia, too, was through that business. Yeah, it's so crazy because the first course I'd ever invested in was a drop shipping course. And I remember yeah. seeing you live your testimonial. I think I reached out to you and was like, hi, like I'm thinking about investing in this course like, yes i remember we, like you should do um, it and then we just like clicked like right off the bat and we became really good friends and now like i'm coming to washington and coming to your wedding next summer i know it's kind of crazy <laughs> i know i remember because you reached out to me and you had the those candles and it was that like really aesthetic yes. brand and i was like oh this is gonna do well but i know i'm glad that course brought us together <laughs> Yeah, literally my drop shipping era, which was like one month, and I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everyone. It's definitely not. Um, but that was so funny, too. I was going to say something about that. Well, it was funny, too, because now, like, we have gone through multiple waves of our lives, and, like, mm -hmm. I'll call you sometimes and be like, oh, my God, I'm dealing with this, and then you'll call me, and so we've kind of just, like, we'll switch on a off and on of like when we're doing well, when we're going through hard times and have been supportive through both. 
And I think that's the beauty of like online courses as well is like, it's not just about the course. It's literally about the community. And I know even in my business, like I'm so community forward now, like more than ever, because it's like these kind of relationships, like you have to put yourself in rooms to meet people and meet like-minded people. Like they don't just like fall from the sky. Yeah, definitely. And you definitely have to go out of your way and out of your comfort zone. Like I've been reaching out to people on LinkedIn over the last Mm. couple of weeks just to talk to more people in industries and areas that I'm interested in. And like I, for a while there, I was kind of waiting for it to come to me, but I'm like, I Mm. literally just have to, you have to make that for yourself and make those connections and like be that friend or be that network. I love that. And I would love for you to share a little bit more about how you turn this idea of seller door plants into a seven figure business. And then we can talk later about exiting the business. But what I think is really fascinating about your story is how you were like, I'm working a full time job, but like I know I'm made for more. And that's a big, big yeah. part of our audience. So tell us more about that journey. Yeah. And I think so. My job in management consulting, like I started as an analyst. I think when I really realized that like I was made for more was when I just could not envision myself as a manager there or as a senior manager there. And, you know, a lot of people, that's like what they want and their career path will go in that direction. And that's completely fine. But for me, when I was looking at them, I was like, I just, I, I can't see myself doing what you're doing. And I also felt so drained at the end of every day. And you know, I wasn't like physically lifting things or doing things like that. I just was drained. And I was like, okay, this is really weird. Cause when I was in school, I didn't feel like that. Like I felt mm-hmm. energetic at the end of the day and like hopeful. And so that's when I really knew that I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do this with my life. It will actually probably make me sick. I actually saw a medium years later and she was like, you were in a job that was blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and it would have killed you. Like she was super, yeah. And she described the job. Wow. And I was like, wow, I, totally resonate with what you said. But when we were starting Cellador Plants, Zach and I, um, Zach had been interested in e-commerce before and like he had started some drop shipping stores. And I had always had like these entrepreneurial ideas, but I had always put myself in a box and been like, well, I'm not someone who does that because I had never done it before. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, well, you know, it's pretty easy. Like you make a Shopify store, you can do this, do that. And so we really started testing with ideas. And so we started to do like water with bitters. We did candles, incense, like that kind of stuff. And I came across the course that we both had taken. And I was like, I feel like for myself, like you kind of already know what's going on. I just need a little bit more structure. And Mm -hmm. so that course kind of took me through step by step. And we decided to get into houseplants through that, like just by that niching down because Mm -hmm. Zach and I both liked plants and we had gone to the store and we were looking for pots for our plants and we couldn't find any cute ones. And so Mm. like, you know, like maybe other people are having that problem too. And so we started drop shipping pots and it started to take off. And um, like we, we launched with this rinkety dinkety site. Like if I could show you a picture of it, it's not cute at all. Like I had like these weird pinks and greens, like the colors don't look good. The yeah. logo isn't great. And I was yeah. super like, I need to perfect this before we even launch it before people see it. Yeah. And Zach was just kind of like, let's just do it. And we'll see. Cause he 
he'd run some before and we really didn't need that nice of a site or anything like people are willing to pay based on like okay we are a trustworthy site mm-hmm. like we've added it into our copy and things and people are purchasing and so from there um it was a lot of just testing and then pivoting like we mm. would test these product ideas these different pots and things and then be like okay that one's doing well like let's make ads for it and then the ads we'd be like okay what are the creatives that we can make for the ads? We make a bunch of different creatives and test those. And like slowly with testing, we would get better and better and better. And then we eventually COVID hit and we were like, we cannot be drop shipping this way anymore. And so we're like, okay, we need to find a supplier in the United States. And so that's when we found our friend, he's now our friend, Andy, (laughs) and he was shipping plants and pots. And so that's when we really scaled is once we had that like USA supplier Mm. and we could ship out of the u.s and we were shipping plants and we also felt better about shipping the plants because it wasn't just like plastic it was actually something people could grow and have in their Mm -hmm. home um but i really think the growth of it was like having that idea testing it even when it's not great getting that feedback making the product better and being able to pivot because I think a lot of times Mm. we'll get attached to an idea and I've done this a million times. You're like, I need it to work. I envision it so much, but like the universe or whatever has a different plan. And so you need to be able to be like, okay, pots was okay, but plants is way better. I didn't even realize it would be, I need to be flexible to like move into that area. And then in addition to that, it was just consistency. Like it, mm. it's so easy to give up in the beginning because it's hard to see results and you've never done yeah. it before. And so, you know, we would just be like, okay, every day after work, we spend an hour. And I think a lot of times people mm. would be like, I need to spend like wake up super early and then go to bed at 3 a.m. working on this. And it's yeah. so much pressure when it's like you really only need to do a couple of hours every day and then grow from there. You shouldn't overdo it and then never touch it again. That's so true. And this is so good because I think a lot of people listening, like I said, are in that phase where they're like starting to realize that their job is not for them, but they don't know that next step. So I have a question and maybe other people listening may have this question as well is like when you first had the idea, you're like, okay, let's start with pots right? You probably just YouTubed and DIY'd like how to make a drop shipping store, right? I'm guessing. Yeah. And then after that, how did you promote it without doing ads? Did you guys use Instagram? Like what was the first, first step to make those first sales? Yeah. The first sales were just through Instagram, me DMing people. Mm. And I DMed people who were in that niche. So I would follow like other big plant companies like The Sill and um, Bloomscape in them. I would look through their, the people that follow them. I'm like, okay, so they're obviously interested in plants. And they'd be like, yeah. Hey, like we have this great deal for you. And, um, would you like to buy this pot? Like it would be great with this specific plant or something like that. And had a lot of those conversations. And that was honestly, like, it was a lot cause you were, yeah. you yourself is DMing, but that's really what got us those first people to purchase, to test mm-hmm that our idea was a good idea. And then from there we did run ads and like Zach is pretty good at ads and ads is another good way to test things. Cause you just reach a larger audience. Um, you're going to spend more money, but sometimes, um, you just have to be like, okay, well there, that's the cost of testing and that's the cost of doing mm-hmm. business. Like you don't want to dump thousands in, but you know, a couple hundred to see if someone is interested in the product can build you to a seven figure business. 
Yeah. I love that we're having this conversation because I obviously focus on personal brand Mm -hmm. and like you're focusing on ads. And I don't think we've ever had someone actually talk about like paid marketing. So I'm really happy that you're bringing this here. And I feel like for dropshipping, that does work really well. I mean, look at all this success that you've had. But I also want to go back to that first step where you're like, I went and I DM'd people. Because a lot of times people will come to me and be like, Julia, I want to start a business. I want to do this. You know, I have the abundance mindset, but it's not working. And I'm like, what are the action steps that you're taking? And that's why I really want to point that out there. Yeah. I mean, the actions are huge and they can feel so cringe too if – you know, if you're still in a job and you haven't done something like this before, you're like, I this is so cringe that I'm reaching out to this person to do this. But then it's like, okay, does that really matter? You were cringe for two seconds and then you got a sale and now, you know, it, it gets you somewhere. So you kind of embrace that uncomfortable feeling. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think in the beginning, anything is cringe, right? Like I think about my first video, my first podcast, it's like just getting over the hump of doing it, I think is the hardest part. Yes. And you've been so good at that too, because I've followed you through like TikTok and Mm -hmm. Instagram of just like never stopping and like continuing to post. And that's like why you've been able to grow so much. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. okay, so now we're at the point you are like, this is working. We're running the ads. You figure it out. Now, when was the point that you quit your job? I quit my job a year in. So we, and we had built it at that point. Like we had done, I think about $600,000 in sales. And like we were doing consistent sales. And I was like, okay, I need to kind of make a choice here. Like, you know, am I going to dedicate more time and energy into this business to take it to that next level? Because it's been tested, you know, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. suggest, you know, quitting your job unless you kind of have an idea of something that you're going to, like you're running to something, not away from Mm -hmm. something. And, um, and then when I quit, I didn't actually formally quit. I took leave. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people will say like, you know, you quit, like you got to set yourself up to kind of have that like fire. And for me, that's not really how I operate. Like, I don't like to be under stress because I feel like it Mm -hmm. makes it so I'm not making clear decisions. And so I was like, okay, I'll have it in my back pocket just in case something goes horribly wrong. And so I just took leave for a year and worked on the business while on leave. But um, it definitely was difficult because I think you just get tied to this idea of a paycheck and like the stability Mm -hmm. of a job and like entrepreneurship is not stable at all. You know, like you have high months doing a lot of sales, you have low months, like you're really involved in the success of the business. And so that part was like, it was mostly a mental barrier of being like, okay, let go of that. Like, do you want to have stability or do you want to have like the life that you've envisioned for yourself? And you can't, you could have both, but like not the way that I've wanted it. (laughs) I think that brings me back to this quote that I always say, like, you can have it all, but not all of the time. And I think that's the biggest. That's a great quote. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest learning curve of like, you know, I talk all the time with people and I was having this conversation like a couple of days ago. I forgot who I was talking to, but they were like, yeah, but like, you know, you're so lucky. Like you don't have to worry about losing your job. You don't have to worry about this. I'm like, but business comes with its own problems, right? Anything is going to come with problems. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. You kind of trade in your job problems for your business problems, but then it's yeah. kind of like, for me, I'm way more willing to deal with those problems because I know it's getting me to a certain point. Like I'm building an yeah. asset for myself. When I was dealing with my job problems, I'm like, okay, I'm dealing with this. And then I also don't have something that I'm enjoying doing. So you kind of have to weigh it out. Yeah, I love that. And I'd love for it to hear more about like going into business with your partner. What has that been like? Yeah, so I know Zach and I were talking about that yesterday and we're like, how did we fall into doing that? And yeah. we started that business like, what would that be? A year really into our relationship. And it's definitely not super easy, you know, because you, you have to create boundaries like mm -hmm. Zach and I used to we would work our jobs then we would meet because we lived at different houses we both lived with our friends and we would work on the business together and then we'd be like okay like let's have a date night like let's go to dinner and not talk about the business and then we would always talk about it and so Relatable. and it's just yeah exactly and you're always like yeah that's great I but what about the marketing campaign but um so that was definitely hard because then it's like you kind of lose that aspect of your relationship mm. of just being like fun and like I don't know having not to worry about also running a business together so I think you can definitely run a business with your partner but you have to set up boundaries and you also have to align on like your values like do we want the same thing in this business and what is our commitment and also I trust that you're going to do this job I don't want to be project managing you like you can do it and so I think mm -hmm. it for us, we were able to do it because we communicated so much. Like if we were passive aggressive or didn't talk about like forward vision or anything, yeah. it wouldn't work because it would just like you, you talk to your business partner all the time. You have to talk to them. <laughs> yeah. And what were like, would you say were some of the more difficult moments in the relationship while you guys were in business together? You know, the hard months you know, when we're not doing great with sales, like in the winter, plants are really hard to ship and less people want them. And so we would have these crazy months and then winter would hit and we wouldn't have great months of sales. And so those are hard, especially after I quit my job, because there was kind of this like he he continued to work his job because he's like he liked his career. Mm -hmm. And that kind of I started to form that kind of resentment where I was like, well, I gave up my job and that stability to be able to grow our business. Like, you know, what are you doing kind of thing? And mm. so I think that for me was really hard, but at the same time, it's like, he's, he's giving up stuff too. And he also created a lot of stability in our lives. Like if we had a horrible month and like, maybe I wasn't able to pay myself, like Zach could help out with things and things mm. like that. So, you know, I think a lot of times we'll look at everything from, our lens and our point of view and so being able to just again communicate and talk with him and understand like okay well where is he coming from and like what is he bringing to this that might not be the day-to-day -day work in the business um, yeah helped us through those times I think it was mostly just that like when when things are going well it's really easy to be like oh okay like everything's perfect and blah 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 yeah and then when things are going bad is when I feel like everything kind of comes out you're like oh, yeah yeah that's so, so real. And and when you said like, oh, we're just trying to have a date night and not talk about business, like Marcos and I aren't even in business together. And like all we yes. talk about is business. 
Yeah, and it also might be who you guys are as people, because even after we've sold it, I'm like, we're still talking about business things. We're like, we really like how that company does that. Do you think they do that? Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe it's just our persona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I love that. It's so real. And thank you for being so like vulnerable and honest, because I'm sure other people think about going into business with their significant other. Even Marcus yes. and I last night were like, what's a business that we could do together? Because I think we would like love to go into business together. But right now there isn't something that we're both so deeply passionate about. Yeah. Um. So thank you for sharing that. And where did it take you after that? So now you quit your job. Zach still had his job and you were doing it. So what was like the in-between from that and now to selling the company? What did that middle look like? Yeah, so the company continued to grow and I had hired on some other people. That was another thing that's like I highly suggest in any business is like once you're tapped out, you need to hire on people who do things mm -hmm. that you don't want to do or do things better than you in some areas. Yeah. And so that helped a lot having those people and also helped with our growth because I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't bottlenecking everything. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we continued to grow. And, but for me and Zach, like, I kind of feel like Cellar Plants was given to us to help me realize that like, I can be an entrepreneur and I can have a business. Mm -hmm. um, and for Zach, I would have to have him speak on what it did for him. But we both did agree that it wasn't like our end all be all. It was kind of mm -hmm. like we had tested, you know, we never even started this company with um, requirements of like, we want to build this. It was kind of just like we tested it, tested it, and it yeah. worked. And both Zach and I love plants. And we love the idea of like bringing nature into people's homes and connecting people with nature. But the way that we were doing it with selling plants online that like you could get it Safeway, you could get anywhere just wasn't wasn't it anymore and like it also the business there's been so many competitors who've come up into the space and have a lot of like venture backing and funding mm. that we were like okay should we compete with them and should we raise money and funding or should we try to sell this company to one of them give them our customer list and let them carry on our mission and mm. for us, that just made more sense because we both, you know, Zach was still working his job and we just didn't have the passion to be like, I love this business so much that I will take like money from friends and family. I'll take money from investors to build it. I would rather just hand it off to someone and receive payment for it and then move on to our next thing. And so that's how we came to that decision. And then we found the eventual buyer just kind of by coincidence. We went down to the greenhouse to um take product photos and they were down there talking to our supplier and so we met them there but we also talked to other buyers throughout that process like we were on micro acquire biz by sell like facebook groups um just saying that we were interested in selling the mm -hmm. business and then through that process and those conversations we eventually came to a deal and were able to hand it off that's amazing and how does it feel like this is like a whole new era for you. I know. It feels really good. It kind of feels surreal, I guess, because it was just so much of my every day. And then it um, once we handed off and once I did that transition, I really don't have that anymore. And so it's been this mm. weird, you know, I feel like 
and this is people have said this throughout time but you're always like okay once i get here i'll be happy or once i get Mm. there i'll be happy and you're always kind of pushing for that and i think in my mind i had somewhat of that idea like i was happy working the business but i was like once i get there i'm gonna feel like this and then Mm. i realized i was like okay i've kind of i created this vision of it that was a little bit unrealistic like i feel awesome after selling the business and it feels like a next chapter for me but i definitely still have i'm like okay now what do i do next or like how do i implement my day-to-day to like have that feeling you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah and so for me um i like i i feel really happy because it feels like a closed chapter and mm. i have like this feeling of like success with it but i'm excited for okay now with what i've learned from that like what can i do next yeah. So tell us, what can you do next? Like, do you have any ideas? Do you want to start another business? Yeah. So I took the last couple of weeks and because I've done like some contract work and things like that too, but kind of taken back my hours on all these things just to reflect and kind of get back to the basics of things of like yeah, just routine and like creating reflection in my routine. Um, and for a period there afterwards, I was like, okay, should I go back and should I have a like a job to learn again? Like in an area mm. that I'm really interested in to just learn and then start a business yeah. from there? Or should I start another business just right off the bat? And I've come to the conclusion, like I have some business ideas, but I'm just taking my time with them Good. because I'm, it's kind of like, what is this? I where is this idea going to go? Like, where do I want to mm-hmm. be in five years? Where do I want to be in 10 years? Cause you really are tied to your business when you're creating one. And like, is my decision to create this business, like an ego based decision of like, I want to accomplish, like, I want to be, um, like on Forbes 30 under 30, like all those things, which are awesome mm-hmm. things to have, or is it like what my soul like really wants to do? And I feel like I'm positioned well to do. And I think a lot of times like our ego things are what like will drive us and they're awesome to have. But like at the end of the day, if you're only doing it for that reason, like your business might feel a little empty. And so I've been really trying to infuse like what am I good at and like what does my soul want to do? And so I have some ideas and I'm just kind of taking them through that exercise. <laughs> I love that. And are you and Zach going to do something together? Are you is Does he still work his job or no? Yeah, so he still works his job, but he's – um planning on leaving but he has a different startup that he's been okay. talking to um oh. both of us have different interests and things like zach's like way more of an engineering mind mm. and so this is kind of more of an engineering type startup role um and so i think we'll end up doing something different for a period of time i would be down to go that's awesome build a business again together but yeah a little break might be nice <laughs> yeah i love that and i love how you talked about like what's my soul's purpose and what am I just maybe doing out of fear out of ego because a lot of people I think are really in that just like do 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 mentality yeah and it leads to burnout and it leads to then you getting the success and you being like was this what I really ever wanted I know that's even happened for me in my life yeah no definitely and I literally wrote I'm making my vision board and I, I wrote, it. like, do things slowly over getting them done. Because mm. I do, I definitely get into like a to do to do list mindset. And instead of just being like taking a step back, 
be like, okay, yeah. but why are we doing it? And like, what's the greater picture here? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really like how I feel too, because, you know, I'm, I'm going through so many changes in my business as well. Yeah. And I just was looking at my to-do list yesterday and I'm like, I made this. I yeah. made this to-do list. Like <laughs> I'm doing these this to things. myself. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, no. And even just like the podcast I was recording earlier, my friend was like, sometimes you just want to be a burrito, like lay in bed and do nothing. And sometimes like your body and your mind needs that. To- totally. Totally. I listened to a podcast. I think it was Jay Shetty, but he said that when he does his to-do list, he'll write like why each item is on there or like what's the purpose of each one and Love so i've that. been doing that and that's helped me so much because i had random things on my to-do list that i was like i just need to do this to be productive it's like okay <laughs> you could you don't even have to do it like instead take a walk yeah. during that time. <laughs> yeah and that's another thing too like especially being from home as well like at first i was like oh well like i'm home so it's like you have such close proximity to your computer to your phone yes. to all the to-do list items that like I never had time for a walk. I never had time for the gym. And now I'm like actually making time for those things because I'm like, it's not just about sitting behind the computer all day. Yeah, exactly. Does it make you feel a lot better too? Yeah. I mean, I'm working with a functional nutritionist right now. She was actually on my podcast as well. And like the first thing we implemented was like daily 30 minute walks. Yeah. No, it helps. It helps so much. And you also think that, and for a long time I thought this, but by doing there's progress, but there's so much progress in like the silent moments or the time that you take away. Like a lot of people will probably have their best ideas on a walk or in the shower or, you know, like your mind and your creativity doesn't come from being behind your computer trying to get things done. It comes from like those silent introspective moments or even in your activities. Like if you were a runner or something and you're running and then you're like, I keep having this problem with my ankle. Like that could be a whole business idea. Mm, that's so true. And you know what? Like a lot of my clients would be like, Julia, like how do you come up with so much content? And I'm like, content is my life. Like I yeah. get these creative ideas on yeah. my walks when I read things, when I listen to things and then I write them down and then I elaborate on them. Yeah. No, totally. I know. And I've loved watching because you've done like your – going abroad content or when Mm -hmm. you go on retreats and everything but I feel like making it your life instead of making content to make content is the best way to go (laughs) one of my favorite things I just read it was like document don't create yes that's a great quote too because it's also way more authentic you're like I'm just documenting what I'm doing I'm not going out of my way to put on this production (laughs) exactly So Liv, kind of just to wrap everything up, I love what you said about how you started and you're like, let me just try this thing out to then it being a seven figure business. And now you taking a pause and being like, I really want to see what my soul's purpose is. I want to take a step back and I really want to take time with this next decision. So with everything that you've learned, what would be your biggest piece of advice for anyone listening right now that's ready to start their first business? I, it always comes down to, for me, is mindset. And I feel like sometimes people think that's like a cop-out. It's like, no, I want like an actionable Mm -hmm. step. But it's like you can't do any of the actionable steps unless you've done 
the mindset work. So for example, when we started our business and I was like, I'm not an entrepreneur, like I don't do this. And then I just took action and mm-hmm. we I did it. I felt so silly doing it because I was like, this isn't me, you know? And I broke down that belief by actually doing. And I think that's how I break down my beliefs is like, I, I'll do the action and they'll be like, oh, okay, like I can do that or I am yeah. capable. And so I guess my biggest piece of advice is that you are so much more capable than what you think of right now. And that mm-hmm. the best way to be that person that you want to be or get to that place is to just take action and do it. And then you'll look back and be like, why did I even think that about myself? Like, I even think that now I'm like, why did I think that I was incapable of doing this? Like it wasn't, it was hard in the moment, but when you look back, it wasn't that hard. Like it was a lot of decision-making and reaching out to people and putting things together, but I, I did it. And I, then it makes you think, okay, what else could I do after I've broken down that thought about myself? So I think that's my biggest advice. And in addition to that is like, instead of perfecting and being and keeping it in your head, you really have to put it out there Mm. and do it or, you know, or you'll never know. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show, Liv. I absolutely love this. Where could people find the find you if they have questions about starting their first drop shipping business or just want to share some key takeaways from this pod? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, live.gruber, and then I have a YouTube channel and it's called Live with Liv. I love it so much. Thank Give you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank you. I loved being here. Yes. Thank me. you.